Hi, I'm Lydia. <laughs> and this is uh, Lunch in the Key of Life. This is my first show, so bear with me here, y'all. Hey, that's Powell Pressburger. I wouldn't be here without him. Thanks to Cosmic Amanda. Thanks to Christopher Wynn. Uh, here I am. I'm on the air. Um, welcome. Uh, and oh, okay. Okay, yes. So, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, okay, so, <laughs> um, so we are on BFF, Best Frequencies Forever, and I'm Lydia. Um, best Frequencies Forever FM. Um, I'm Lydia, and this is Lunch in the Key of Life. It is a show where we learn about storytellers, comedians, musicians, and poets through songs and chatting about them. Uh, and it was supposed to start at 12, but it's 1230-ish. You know, you know how things go with the first show. Um, and uh, so we start off with our guests doing a little preview of... Uh, their performance and uh you know we chat about some songs we play some songs and uh and we'll see how it goes but our guest today is um our guest today is arthur gauss who that's right, that's yeah. right. yeah i just turned right. on your okay. mic well, but it's also it's like it's never a sure thing that people are going to pronounce my name correctly i looked on youtube yesterday no way i did my research did they pronounce it correctly i think so is there like a is there like a last name pronunciation correct influencer that you tuned into? No, I think it was a podcast. Okay. So I know you're born and raised in San Francisco. Correct. Yeah, from that podcast. Ha ha. I didn't listen to the whole thing though. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I mean, I I can't I can't attack that decision. I can only defend it. Um. So this is Arthur Gauss. Um. I guess, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and then just go in and just tell us some jokes for a few minutes and then we'll talk about your music. Well, okay, so I'm a comedian. I'm from San Francisco. Um, that's a, I think basically that's what you need to sort of like, uh, to sort of understand where I'm coming from. I, um, you know, can I tell you about some stuff that I'm kind of working on? And then yeah. maybe you could just like talk through it with me. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. I mean, and, like if any of you out there listening have any thoughts, like uh, feel free to like uh, tweet at me or uh, message or like sit, post something. I just I gotta work off the edges of this bit, and I figure, hey, I'm on, I'm on the radio. Like, yeah, the world is my open. Tell mic us audience. your tweet handle. Um, I also just started uh, a Twitter called uh, I think it's lunch lunch in the key. Okay. So lunch in the key of life. Well, yeah. that would make sense. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you are? I am uh, at uh, maniac underscore bowl. Okay. Maniac bowl. Okay. Let's do this. Yeah. And and Instagram, all one word, maniac bowl. So if you want to, if you got any thoughts about this bit, uh, including up to and including, like, just don't do that bit, man. You can tell me that. Okay. <laughs> we're open to feedback here. Yeah. We're open to feedback. <laughs> so, because... Um, 
here's because remember, like for a while, uh, they were talking about we have to get. Uh, it's like we have to get hate off the internet. Mm-hmm. That was like a big thing. Get mm-hmm. hate off the internet, and then yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'm just I'm unaccustomed to being so close to microphones because if anybody has seen me do stand up, uh, <laughs> I get pretty loud, and so that microphone has to stay a little bit far away. But anyway, remember when there was get get hate off the internet? Mm-hmm. That was the big push. Get hate off. The, they wanted to get uh, like the Proud Boys off of Twitter and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I agree. And and like to the extent that that has been successful, to the extent that that has like we have succeeded in that venture, I would like maybe we could get the hate off of some other stuff. Like, chiefly Hulu. Like, I'm seeing a few too many documentaries about Adolf Hitler on Hulu. Really? Yeah. How many have you seen? I don't watch them. They just keep trying to push them on me. I, I don't know why. I, th- I think it's because I watch history documentaries. Oh, okay. And I think Hulu is <laughs> like, white guy likes history. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I don't know what Hulu's thinking here. But they keep pushing it on me. And it's, I saw one. It was called Hitler, colon, The Untold Story. And I was, like, sitting there watching it going, like, I, I didn't watch it, but I'm sitting there looking at this title going, like, hey, you know what story uh, I have no questions about and, like, need no further information on? Uh, that would be Hitler, the told story. I am completely satisfied with yeah. what I have been told. I don't need, like, some hour-long documentary to come along and be like, well, we all know Hitler, but how many of us know Adolf, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like... I just feel like there's so many other historical figures that I want to do the deep dive on, you know? Like, we can. I'm not saying we can't even do, uh, like, deep historical dives on terrible people. I'm not saying you can't make documentaries about terrible people, precisely because the documentary that I want to see is about Ivan the Terrible, Ivan right? Terrible. Yeah, I mean, do you know who mm-hmm. Ivan the Terrible is? Mm-mm. Do you know that there's sort of like a guy in history named Ivan the Terrible? Yes, I've heard of this thing. Yeah, you've heard of a guy named Ivan the yeah. Terrible. And like, but and we. Who is he? Well, I mean, I don't know, um, <laughs> but I know so that that's there. Why? Yeah, but because there's a guy named Ivan the Terrible, uh-huh. right? And presumably because Ivan was terrible. We gotta know, right? Why but, was he terrible? Yeah, what was, why was is first of all was he really terrible? I don't know because like there's a big part like maybe just the guy who was in charge of handing out nicknames, like maybe Ivan owed him ten bucks. Mm-hmm. And like maybe he was, it was just you know like Ivan the Terrible just got the shaft. Maybe uh, Ivan yeah. was not such a bad guy when you got to know him. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe Ivan the Terrible was just terrible. Like I don't know. Like maybe he was just terrible at softball. You know, like maybe maybe just like <laughs> he's like popping up weekly again. Like oh sorry guys, just uh, <laughs> just got underneath that one. <laughs> Ivan, you're terrible. <laughs> The voice made that one. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I like doing voices. I got another voice in, okay. in this video. Because the other guy I want to know is uh, is Vlad the Impaler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, his that's not, like, Vlad the Impaler is not even, like, a Twitter bio amount of information about Vlad. You know? Like, we don't even get, like... He just sounds scary. I don't want to be impaled. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, maybe if we just had a little bit more information, like a, like a Twitter bio is worth it, like, you know... Uh, husband to Justina, father to uh, Vlad the Third, <laughs> impalement enthusiast, you know, and like, w- like maybe there's a good reason why Vlad impaled all those people. Maybe. You know, like you know how like if everything, if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. 
Everything needs to be impaled. Well, I'm just saying, like, if all you have is, like, a sharpened stick, like, maybe everything starts to look like a political dissident, you know? Perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe Vlad the Impaler was in therapy. You know? Maybe he was just on the verge of some big, big breakthroughs right when he got that nickname. Maybe, maybe Vlad the Impaler was learning to be Vlad into self-care. You know, maybe Vlad was, maybe Vlad would have, could have been like something else if he didn't just get stuck with that nickname, you know? Mm, mm. It's very West Coast thinking of you. Well, it's like, uh, you know, hey, Vlad, um, why don't we just pick up where we left off, you know, in our last session? <laughs> uh, okay, I started by saying uh, this week, I feel a little silly saying it, but this week, uh, only impelled 12 people feels like progress. So I'm sort of proud of myself. <laughs> So cool. I'm, I'm working on the Vlad the Impaler. Okay, bit. yeah, we're open to feedback if you want to tweet at us, if you want to... Should I just open with it on this weekend? Should that, I should like I the voices. Okay. <laughs> They're like easy, easy wins. Do you understand the premise now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. So let's, uh, let's jump into some music. So you brought, yeah. uh, you brought some music and... You had themes to your sets. Yeah, I think of everything. All of my sets are in themes. Oh, when you do comedy? Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. And so you did the same thing for your music? Uh-huh. Um, so your first... What are your, what's your first set, your first three songs? Uh, let's, do, let's do the Haight-Ashbury set. Okay, the Haight-Ashbury set. Because I'm from Haight-Ashbury. Okay. Born and raised in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah. 
na na. Just waiting for it. Yeah. yeah. We're back on. So tell us about that set. You said uh, that was the Hate Ashbury set? Yeah. Because, uh, okay. Because I'm from Hate Ashbury, which mm-hmm. is like a pretty fun, it's a pretty fun place to grow up. It's a particular place to grow up. Uh, and uh, I always think that like I probably, like I, I, I have, I spend a lot of time like imagining what it was like back, uh, you know, Summer of Love. I spend a lot of time sort of Im- imagining uh, just wh- how cool it must have been. Because it, it's, it's such a cool place, you know. Um, I just, I, I can never stop myself from daydreaming about it. Like, <laughs> um, and you know, you know, my, uh, my in-laws, uh, they were from Connecticut, but they came to California kind of with hippie dreams. And so mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes I, f- I think it's like, I, I can, I can sort of imagine like the type of people from all over that it attracted and what it must've been like as a result. So that was, so that was Quicksilver message. There's three songs in that set. There was Quicksilver messaging service. I've been too long. Now that's on purpose and it's because um one of the things about growing up in hate ashbury is that when you would ask hit like old hippies who just stayed around when you would ask them like okay who like big brother and the holding company jefferson airplane like all these great bands like their insistence is that nobody was like the hardest was quicksilver no the heaviest that's what they all say oh yeah but the heaviest was quicksilver messaging service really the heaviest and it's something they are absolutely universal quicksilver messaging service was the heaviest also um it's reflected in the art of the era like if you go to these like psychedelic poster like exhibits or you see them around like 80 percent of them have quicksilver messaging service like they're they're just like everybody wanted to be quicksilver messaging service apparently um and then the second one was uh, Today by Tom Scott and the California Dreamers. Uh, it's just like a cool fusion thing because it's a Jefferson Airplane song played by uh, like a saxophone, like a Tom Scott who was like a Motown uh, saxophonist on like John Coltrane's uh, record label. It's, it's kind of, it's like, it's the whole deal, you know? And then the third one is Sing a Simple Song by Sly and the Family Stone because... Uh, uh, they're just the the greatest San Francisco band of all time, and I uh, I mean I I can I can't explain it to you if I have to. Yeah, I was grooving. Yeah. As soon as that song came on, I was I was definitely dancing here in in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who who, who yeah. doesn't <laughs> who doesn't love that? So we learned a little bit about your childhood here from that set. Uh, you're listening to BFF.FM, best frequencies forever, and. This is a Lunch in the Key of Life where we learn about performers, comedians, poets, musicians, whoever wants to come out come out here and tell their story through the songs they choose. Uh, up next, uh, what's what was your set? You're you're getting older, you know, you're living life. And your next song set is the nice jokes for smart people. Era, yeah, the nice jokes for smart people era. Yeah. Because, like, that's kind of an epoch in, like, my comedy kind of stylistically. Oh, yeah? Is that, like, I? so last year, so <laughs> last year I recorded an album on March 6th, 2020. Mm-hmm. My wife had a baby on March 17th, March 2020, on the same day that we went into a global pandemic. No way! So... It was kind of like the, the the refashioning of my act to sort of like absorb some new ideas and like present sort of a different look to some of the same material, but some of the same, some of the, not same the same material, but some of the same ideas was kind of like how it got from like 
just sort of like my stand-up act writ large into the album Nice Jokes for Smart People. From 800 Pound Gorilla Records, available everywhere. <laughs> available everywhere. Now is the time to plug. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. And so this 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 set, I was sort of thinking the Nice Jokes for Smart People era. And it's um, it's three uh, rocksteady reggae songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's because uh, my little daughter, she loves Rocksteady Reggae. Oh, that's sweet. Well, because San Francisco hipsters are made. They are not born. Oh, but, so you've got a plan? Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> this ends with her winning the Nobel Prize in, in like grooviness. In grooviness. Well, I mean, they make the category just for her. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's quite a plan. It's ambitious. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but anyway. Break, break, breaking glass ceilings, <laughs> yeah. making new categories. You've got it. You're, yeah. The, the world isn't ready for her. The Norwegian mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, 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 but these are three Rocksteady Reggae songs, mm-hmm. and it's because she loves Rocksteady Reggae, falls asleep Aww. every time. What's your daughter's name? Space. Aw, this goes out to Space. <laughs>
Hey, we're back. Yes, indeed, we are back, back, back. So there were two Rocksteady songs. I thought there were three. Yeah, but one of them was really hard to find, so uh, sorry I couldn't stream it. If there was a, if there was a third, it, it would have been uh, uh, it would have been Solomon by Derek Harriet. For any of you, for any of you Rocksteady fans out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's super rock steady. If there's any, if like, if we need to fill any time, I can just do my impersonation of it. Do you want to right now? Mm, uh, no. <laughs> Maybe that's for another time. We'll have him yeah, on again. Yeah, you can have me back, and I can. We could do. We could do an hour of just Arthur impersonates his favorite roots reggae songs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds problematic. Yeah, it sounds uh, let's extremely problematic. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we were talking about your kid, yeah. and you got a text message when that song was playing. Yeah, my wife texted me to tell me that she just had to listen to those, like one of those songs. I believe Engine Fifty Four five yeah. times in a row to get to get the kid to sleep. To get presumably. the kid to sleep. Yeah. So yeah, he's not lying. No, no, but, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm coming super duper correct. <laughs> okay. Um, and up next, your set is the Elbow Room era? Yeah, the Elbow Room era. So tell me about that. I don't know. It was the Elbow Room era. I was listening, so I was listening to mm-hmm. a lot of Soul 45s back then, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was hanging out a lot in, uh, uh, I was hanging out a lot in Rookie Ricardo's records on Fillmore and Hate, where they, yeah, I would just post up for hours and just, like, listen to 45s until they kicked me out. And uh, they're they're amazing. I strongly suggest that everybody do that for at least some portion of their life. And I was buying a lot of forty fives. And so these are the next uh, the elbow room era. I was doing a lot of stand up in uh, in the city, and it was kind of like a place I would go afterwards because on first and third Saturdays they would have uh, they would they would have uh, like a soul record party, and they would play these like deep 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 soul forty five cuts. And that's where I met my wife. And so. Aww. It's kind of the there's these are like sounds from the the elbow room era. Oh, precious. This is a very wholesome family oriented show. It's because I tell nice jokes for <laughs> smart people. Wow. Yeah. Not do you see how do you see how these things come together? <laughs> what do I tell? Nice jokes. Who are they for? Smart people. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's jump into the elbow room era and your love story. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, fresh. Yeah, but I'm telling you, any, 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 any time you want me to do that impersonation of that Rocksteady song, I'm game for that too. Mm. Just think about it real hard. Mm. I'll draft the apology letter. I'll show it to you first, and then we can decide if we oh, want to do it or not. It's my first show. I don't want any problematic content. <laughs> let's keep it wholesome. Okay. <laughs>
to bff.fm best frequencies forever we're forever talk- we're talking with arthur gauss he's a comedian tell us about the shows that are coming up oh uh well uh bffm listeners uh uh multiple options to peep this week uh we have uh tomorrow night wednesday i'm doing mad the mad oak bar at 8 30 p.m uh, I will be running through some new material that I'm very excited about. That's uh, in Oakland, right? Yeah, it's in Oakland. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, I think it's outdoors. Uh, and it's going to be nice in Oakland tomorrow, so come on out and peep. Uh, Thursday, I'm going to be at the Alameda, Com- the brand new Alameda Comedy Club. I, I saw that and I'd never heard of it, so it's brand new? Brand, brand new, new. Okay. Yeah, great time to open a comedy club, like right before a pandemic. But like, they made it. And mm-hmm. it's great. It's superb. You got to go check this thing out. It's so great. Um, and I'll be there Thursday night um, at uh, eight o'clock. Is that show uh, on? You can check out their social or their internet site, and they'll get you tickets there. And then uh, Saturday, big day, uh, seven p.m. I'll be at the setup at Gasser Garden. Uh, for those of you listeners out there who've never been to the setup, it's 
it is so happening. Just go and check it out. So I'll be the 7 p.m. show at the setup. And then uh, 9.30 or 9.45, I'm going to be doing a little guesty at the punchline for their big reopening. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, because the punchline is where it's at, baby, baby. Okay. Yeah. So how many, how many comedians are going to be in that show? It's uh, the first one? No, the first one is Thursday. So mm-hmm. they're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's just an, a collection of like the Punchline All Stars, all your all your all your favorite Punchline favorites. And on the Saturday Late Show, I am one of them. So um, come on, everybody, let's all get down. Okay. Yes. Everything's opening up. Come and laugh. Um, and so tell us about how you got started in comedy. So. Um, well, for, you know, let me just make this observation because you're like everything's coming back. The crazy thing is that like like stand up this is what i really learned in the pandemic about stand-ups is like you're really talking about people who couldn't a lot of like stand-up in general is kept alive by people who probably couldn't stop even if they wanted to and so there were like these lockdowns and then i mean people started doing outdoor shows like there was a moment of like what are we going to do and within a week people were doing stand-up on zoom and within two weeks they were starting to like figure out how they could do it outdoors and so that was what we what we did for the last year is like come up with all the new and interesting ways that we could come up, you know, ways we could come up to do stand up in order to keep doing it. And it worked. And it's so awesome. So I would really just encourage anybody out there, like, go peep some stand up right now. It's really fun. And um, it's very, very, very unique. So there was what were some of your favorite new innovative ways of seeing comedy? Um, well, the, the in the park thing was like the outdoors in the park in an alleyway in somebody's driveway in somebody's backyard really i mean it was just just whatever as long as you there was i'll tell you the this i mentioned the setup earlier the i did a show with them uh at el rio in their backyard Mm -hmm. and i mean i i i saw the sky open up i mean it was just so great and and it's because you can recreate the um you can recreate some of the things that make comedy clubs really special outdoors if you know how if you know how to do it and you know what you're doing and they and you can totally do it in that space and the setup was smart enough to figure it out nice how did you get started in comedy then uh well i kind of always wanted to do it um like i back in the day so uh when i was a kid there was a show called comedy tonight and it was filmed at the punchline i think it was later filmed in like some big theater because like in the 80s there was a huge stand-up comedy boom in San Francisco, huge. And like um, all these people were selling out big, big shows in the city. And like it was, you know, Will Durst and Margaret Cho and Dana Carvey, um, Robin Williams. They were all, you know, big, big comedy stars in San Francisco. And there was a show called uh, Comedy Tonight that aired on PBS. You know, it was like a KQED and it was it started out at the punchline they would film it at the punchline and then it moved on up to bigger venues as the show got bigger but i I would watch it as a kid and uh, i was like that looks that looks like fun and it turns out it is really fun so i kept doing it so you watched it Mm -hmm. and then what was your first show and how old were you Uh, i was uh either 17 or 18 and i went to i found out that there was a comedy open mic at a place called the one world cafe which was on McAllister and Baker and um it was like a it was like a 90s coffee shop like like vaguely world beat vibes and like you know what I mean it's like uh and they had a Friday night comedy open mic 
And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I did the show and, um, you know, somebody told me about another open mic that I could go to if I wanted to. And I went to it and then I could go to it. I learned about another one that I could go to if I went to it. And then like by January, the following January. So I was like 18. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't drink. So I couldn't do the bar shows and they wouldn't let me into the bar shows. So I, but by the following year, January, so I'm either 18 or 19. Um, I got paid 50 bucks to do a show called the Ritalin Diaries uh, at, um, it was at the Brainwash Cafe, which used to be a big comedy spot in San Francisco because they would run an open mic like every night. So comics just who needed to get that five minute fix in could, could get up. And if you were good, you could kind of bump your place in line a little bit. And so it's like, it just attracted comics. And, um, I, but I got paid, they did like a special Martin Luther King weekend show called the Ritalin Diaries. And I got paid 50 bucks. And that was the first time I got, and then once I figured out you could make money doing it, it was, it was all over. I was just going to make some money doing it. What was it. your content like when you were, when you were, uh, 18? <laughs> um, it was, so it was actually not too, too dissimilar from what I'm doing now. <laughs> If that makes any sense, like I had a lot of onstage energy. I was more nervous energy back then. It was a little bit more. I mean, I'd hesitate to say Woody Allen because Woody Allen is such an odious pervert. But like I, um, but it was like manic and like a little bit self-deprecating. And I wore and I wore a suit back then, and I and I wear a suit a lot now, frequently. So there were some resonances. But I was doing. Um, I was. I, the material was. I, I mean, it was. I've always kind of done, I've always kind of picked on a lot of the same kind of topics. It wasn't like I was, I mean, I guess when I was a little bit older, when I was in my early 20s, it took on a little bit of the kind of like, um, it took on some like uh, guy in his 20s veneer, you know, where I was like talking about dating and like getting a getting a kick out of like being kind of offensive sometimes, you know what I mean? Just that thing that some comics do, particularly male comics, about how far they can push it. Mm-hmm. I kind of got into that for a moment. But that was before you found your was it nice? Nice jokes for smart people. Nice jokes for smart Not, people. Not even now. That's what I'm into now. Oh, that's you want to know what I'm now. into? You know what I'm into? What nice into? jokes. You know who I tell them for? Nice people. Uh, yeah, smart. Jo- well, no, I tell them nice jokes. Uh huh. And who I tell them to? Smart, Smart people. people, yeah, and that's the name of your album, which can be found everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> everywhere that you can stream anything. Arthur Thanks for yes. asking. Yeah, Spotify, <laughs> Pandora, whatever. Sirius XM. If you, if you listen to Sirius XM, please tell them you want to listen to my record. Just tell them. Just call them up. You can write them like a. You can write them like an angry customer service letter. You can write Dear Sirius XM. <laughs> I am a subscriber for the past six years. All of this. To lead into the the comedy, the comedy uh, set. Well, I'm, it's actually a great segue because I was thinking uh, a little bit about the act of writing the customer service letter recently. I I've been thinking about the English because I, I I so then when I was a baby comic and now I do a lot of jokes about history. Like, and I was, I've been, I've been working on these jokes about the English for a long time because like for the past 500 years, like sort of the, the English, I've just been, I've just sort of been like 
traveling traipsing around the globe telling us telling everyone how much better they are than everybody else you know oh the english people okay. yeah, yeah yeah you know what uh-huh. i mean sorry sorry like nigel if you're listening this is going to be a rough couple minutes but there's, there's there's some there's some british uh dj's here oh really yeah well then they know what i'm talking about okay so but it's it's like but it's like it's like the notion that like english people because they're english are superior to us was sort of an animating force for a while and it's 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 a questionable premise because like one look at the english menu will tell you that like maybe there's some questionable judgments being made you know like i had an english friend who was uh she gave me a can of something called lunch tongue what what is that i'm glad you asked it is tongue from a can for lunch right and on this can of lunch tongue it ha- on the label of lunch tongue it had a little thing and it said uh with added water and gelatin what what kind of animal tongue i don't know and i don't think they do either Did you eat it? I, no i have not eaten it like i think it's but i think it's like it's it's tongue from a can for lunch with like with added water and gelatin, if that wasn't appetizing <laughs> enough, and how did this and it's a hand packed? So how did this tongue from a can for lunch get into said can? Well, it's like by some guy named Nigel who's like, well, I go to meet you, and I've got two conveyor belt seat, and I one conveyor belt comes the tongue, and I one conveyor belt comes a can, and I pick up the tongue with me bare hand, and I <laughs> knock off cigarette ash or rat hair or anything that's on it, and I smash it into the can with my bare hands, and with any room that's left over, I have water and gelatin. <laughs> I mean, and I think that's this is why this is why like even. But they, they still lure it around, and this is why, like, even England's closest neighbors, like, can barely stand her. Like, have you ever talked to a Scottish person about Eng- England? No. Oh, man, I just recently, a couple weeks ago, I went to watch uh, England play Scotland in soccer just because I thought swordplay sword play might break out. Well, it's England versus Scotland, but it turns out it, uh, they played under special rules. If the game was tied after 90 minutes, it went directly to bake-offs. Ho! That's a joke. Oh, oh you've been watching a lot of baking shows over the pandemic? Uh, yeah, but that's a different bit. So, <laughs> But hear me out. There's this. The, my friend was telling me, he was reading, he's Scottish, and he was reading for Scotland. And I was like, and he was looking kind of annoyed. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, I bought a Scotland sweater, a, a, a scarf specifically for this game and it didn't arrive on time oh it's like how do you not deliver this scotland like every person selling scotland memorabilia should have been like at the ready to deliver because oh. like you could and what and what and, and he's this comes around once every 20 years england plays scott he's he's ass out you know mm. and what's he gonna do like write a scottish <laughs> customer service complaint letter <laughs> like just like and a, a man <laughs> a man can promise same day shipping <laughs> and a man can deliver same day shipping but the man <laughs> who promises same day shipping and cannot deliver same day shipping he is not true a man <laughs> and we brought it all back to the uh, customer service email customer that's what service. you call it that's what you call a callback in the industry oh okay yeah oh nice okay we're watching a pro here listening to a pro here on bff .fm, best frequencies forever. forever. And now we're going to go into his comedy set. Yeah. Should I explain it now or do you want yeah, me to explain just, it later? Why don't you tell us a little bit and then we'll, we'll talk about the songs. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you why it's the comedy set. Um, it's because uh, there's a, like when I go and do comedy, 
like the thing is because I, I i talk really fast on stage right it's like i go like a mile a minute and um so i think it's really important when i'm like if i'm on you know taking muni or if i'm driving or whatever like i have to listen to music with like a really strong rhythm and that like i can sort of pick up the rhythm and if i stay in rhythm like i'm going to be in rhythm on stage and if i'm in rhythm on stage it's I mean, I don't, it's, it turns the, it renders the audience into cadaverous fools. And so, um, it, it's just part of my practice is that like, I listen to songs with these really strong rhythmic components and I just kind of like try to absorb it and then like kind of feed my act kind of. So this is your own hype up music. Precisely. Ah. And you will discover in listening to it that, um, and we can talk about that afterwards is that my hype up music and your hype up music are not the same hype up music. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Legend of Key of Life, because everyone listens to music differently, has different stories, different... This, I mean, yeah, my hype-up music is definitely different All, from yeah, your hype-up music. Yeah, well, you're going to... This this first one, I'm not going to tell you what it is. We can talk about it afterwards. This first one, it might... It just might cause everyone out there on the street in front of us to just immediately tear off their clothes and it's, just and just start just start you grooving. You hinting at this as being a very sexy song. Well, I mean, let them find out. Okay. And we're going to play it. All the time. 
Listening to Lunch in the Key of Life on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I keep doing that, and you keep being surprised by it. Yeah, I am. Um, And uh, we've got Arthur Gauss. This was his hype up music. This is what he, this set here. Um, We've got, it was Strategy by Archie Bell and the Drells. Yeah, you're welcome for that one, everybody. Like, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Nothing uh, on me. Yeah, No Thing on Me by Curtis Mayfield. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And More Love That's What We Need. By the Gospel Classics. Yes, that was his hype of music. It's how he gets himself in the mind frame to do some comedy. Yeah. To to make some people laugh. To make make some drunk strangers just laugh. (laughs) Experience joy. They came in. They got a sitter. They drove all the way from Walnut Creek. (laughs) That's true. Give them what they want. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Cal Pressbucker just decided to join. (laughs) 
and giggle in the in the back of the studio. That's right. Everything's going by the book. There's a book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we are. Uh, any any last. Uh, last things you want to say about the songs you've chose and shows coming up and well, what's your philosophy on life? Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of a big question for a Tuesday afternoon, but um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's good. It's in the, I mean, the, fa- the ferry building, we are, we are live here in the ferry building in San Francisco, and that would be the place to ask me that sort of question. I'll just have to think about that one some more. I think um, uh, uh, I'll, uh, to anybody out there listening to this, remember, uh, a Wednesday, I'll be at Mad Oak in Oakland. Um, you can uh, peep, and then uh, Thursday, Alameda Comedy Club. You can also uh, you can also peep that, and then you can uh, Saturday night, 7 p.m. at the Setup at Gasser Garden in San Francisco, and uh, 9:45 p.m. I'll be at the Punchline, and come check it out. And if you if you hear about it, any of these. From BFF.FM, tell me about it, and I will regale you with more stories about why I chose these songs and how. Awesome. I, I, will, I promise I will do that. I, I promise I will do that. He's very passionate about these songs as well. Well, I, what have, I mean, I've been talking. I mean, we've been going off the air. You've been listening to the songs, and I've just been blabbering about them. Yeah, we've been you, you dancing. you got to know, though, that the average internet radio listener is, like, super introverted, and they're not going to do that. Well, okay, oh, listen up. <laughs> listen up, intros. Listen up. I put on a jacket. I got on my bike. I came down here to reach through the magic of the damn internet and reach you and touch your lives. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. But here's what you can do. You can set aside that intro mantle. You can put down the Harry Potter book for one night. (laughs) Come back. Come down. Come down and hear me tell some jokes. Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, two times. And, and I'll be nice. If and I'm he sorry, is. I yelled at you. The, the lace handkerchief has been thrown down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Precisely. Mm-hmm. Just like you should see him. Just, just grandma's favorite here. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Definitely go to the show. Those go are so more booked, man. Those are like those are all solid bookings. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. that's the thing is that like I am grandma's favorite. I am I am grandma's favorite. I am I, like a bit, and why is that? Because I tell nice jokes. And who do I tell them for? Nice for people. Smart, smart people. <laughs> smart people nice jokes for smart people available everywhere <laughs> so his sets are done so i'm just i'm gonna play uh, uh some local music i'm gonna play uh huracan by mario jose montijo and she's puerto rican and she's singing about hurricane maria and i love the song and then i'm gonna Probably close out. We always close out with a Stevie Wonder song from Songs in the Key of Life because that is what inspired the show's name. And, and it also reflects Stevie. good taste. It's a good. It album. reflects good taste. We're gonna we're gonna end off the uh, the show with a song from the album. So we've got some Espanol coming your way. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Arthur. Thanks for having me. This totally rules. This is really fun. I would do this. I would, like I said, I would do an all disco version. Oh yeah, he wants to come back and do all disco, which I think is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And it's you've been listening to songs and uh, sorry, lunch in the key of life. And I'm Lydia. And this has been Arthur Gauss, and we're on BFF.FM. Best, Best frequencies, frequencies forever. <laughs> <laughs> Sobre la junta pa'l carajo Llévatelo
So you 